Actually, the, the wise in the kingdom of God, the wise in the kingdom of God, the wise in the kingdom of God, if you are wise, if you are born again, you have the wisdom of God. You can apply that wisdom. Amen. Thank you, Father, for your word. Speak to us today in Jesus' name. Amen. In Luke chapter 19, the Bible tells us that Jesus went and entered Jericho. Just beginning from verse 1. He entered Jericho, and as he walked through the town, there was a great crowd, a, a number of people. But among the people was a man who was short of stature, named Zacchaeus. And the Bible says he was the chief of the tax collectors. Now, tax collectors were regarded as sinners. And he was labeled the chief of tax collectors. So what does that make him? The chief of sinners. He was a little guy. And he had heard so much about Jesus And even though he knew that everybody considered him as an evil person, for some reason he was drawn to this young prophet in the land. The Bible says it was not just, Zacchaeus was not just uh, the chief of public and he was rich. He was a rich man. And he was in the crowd. And his sole desire was, I want to see this man. I just want to see this man named Jesus. I've heard so much about it. He didn't care anything about religion. He didn't care about the Pharisees and all of that. He knew what they thought about him. But he was thinking, I, I, I like this, this new prophet. I, I want to see him. But when he got in the crowd, he found he was too short to see over their heads. And he realized Jesus was going to go through this path. So he ran ahead of Jesus and he climbed. You can imagine Bill Gates climbing on a tree just to see somebody. <laughs> but he was so excited. He wanted to see him. He, wanted, he wasn't looking for anything more. All he wanted just to know who this prophet was. And Jesus walked by. And when he got to him, and believe in verse 6, Jesus stopped and said to him, Never met him before, but knew his name. He said, Zacchaeus, you come down right now. Come down. I'm sure the guy was, he knows my name. We've never met. But Jesus knew his name. Jesus said, make haste. Come down. Because today, I must stay in your house. Jesus used the word must. Come down, make it, come down. Because today, I must stay in your house. And Jesus knew what was coming. That he was going to be criticized for going into that man. He couldn't care less. He wanted... To be with Zacchaeus. Now, what does that say? When you really want to see the face of God, He's ready to be with you. If you have a hunger to know God, just to know who He is, that's all Zacchaeus wanted. He wasn't going to be associated. He didn't think he was worthy to be accepted by this prophet that everyone in the land was talking about. He just wanted to see him. He if it were possible to get to fellowship a little bit, but that's not possible. But I'll see him anyway. So he climbed up. 
And Jesus was drawn by that. When you have a heart to know God, God will show himself to you. That's why the Bible says, Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness. God will fill them with what they desire. He wanted to see Jesus. And Jesus said, Today I must stay. Must because he has no choice. Amen. God had no choice. I got to stay in your house. I feel that desire. So when you have a strong desire for God, he wants to be with you. If you are hungry for God, you want God to speak with you, he is there. He wants to stay with you. Spend time with you. And when they got into Zacchaeus' home, Zacchaeus was excited. And nothing meant anything to this man anymore. The Bible tells us, in verse 8, he said, he stood before the Lord, and then he said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor. Half of my goods I'm giving away. I don't care. They are meaningless to me right now. I've worked all my life for this. But with you sitting here in my home, nothing matters. I'll give half of it away. And then he said to the Lord, If I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I'm going to restore for full. I will not just give them what they took from them. I will multiply it by four and give it to them. I don't need any of that stuff anymore. It's so good to have you in my home. And you know, Jesus was saying nothing to the guy. He was just sitting down there. Let me tell you, when Jesus shows up in your house, amen, you won't be able to contain yourself. It says to be so much joy. And Jesus was looking at him as, and, and the other disciples. As people were criticizing him, Jesus, he's going to stay with a sinner, be a, to be a guest of a sinner, the chief of them. And Jesus was this guy. And I'm sure as he was declaring Jesus was smiling. And Jesus declared, Jesus declared to the man, He said, Today, salvation is come to this house. Notice, not the man alone, but his house. Believe in the Lord and you shall be saved. And what? Your house. That's just something I want you to think about. It's your house. Jesus said, Today, salvation is come to this house. For he also is a son of Abraham. And then Jesus gave us his his mission statement. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. That's Luke, chapter 19, verse 10. Can you put that up? For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. That was Jesus' mission statement. That is the reason he came to the earth. He came to the earth... 
primarily to seek and to save. Not just to seek. Those are two action words. First to seek and to save that which was lost. And if you are his follower and you love him and want to obey him and this mission statement has not become a part of your life, you may not really know him. And you may not be following him really. Because he said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. If you follow Jesus, when he's through with you, you will have a vision to see people saved. That is why we are going to Calvert. If you are a part of this church and you've been hearing all of these things and you are not touched by what's happening and the pain that's happening, those there, it's just like Zacchaeus, even though he was rich, now you got to understand. And I said this to my brother uh, Roy yesterday. We had a good fellowship coming back. Uh, just because you are rich doesn't mean you're blessed. Rich is not equal to being blessed. But if you're blessed, you'll be rich. But just because you're rich doesn't mean you're blessed. There are a lot of rich people that are not blessed. If you have time, you can sit down. They'll tell you their troubles. Wanting to have a million dollars is another thing. If you have that million dollars, but you have a problem in your stomach, you can't eat. How blessed are you? Zacchaeus was rich, but he wasn't blessed. He wanted blessed. Amen? And when he met Jesus, that was it. He didn't need the money, but you know, he'll give that away and God will bring him right back to him. Because he was blessed. There are people in Carver that need blessing from God. Not money, but blessing. They need God first. After they've received God, God will bless them. But if you are a servant of God, burn for God. You know, Jesus gave us the parable of the ten virgins. You remember the parable? Five of the virgins were rejected. And five were accepted. The reason they were not burning, the remaining five were not burning. They didn't have enough oil in their lamp. You need to burn for God. You need to be active for the things of God. That must be primary. If you are a Christian, that must be your primary goal in life. You live for God. That's what you live for. Every other thing is to assist you to reach out to the, for the work of God. To the people that Jesus wants to reach. Now John, John tells us in John 14 verse 21. He says, he who has my commandment and keeps them, he it is that loves me. If you have his commandment and you are keeping his commandment, you can say all you want to say. Many will proclaim their faithfulness, their righteousness. But God says a faithful man who can find. You can say all you want to say, but this is what Jesus says. This is the bottom line. 
He who has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him. Why? When you keep his commandment, he'll love you and he will manifest himself to you. You want God to reveal himself just like he took those three to the, to the mountain and Jesus was transfigured before them. He really showed them who he was. When you love him, then he will come to you and he will manifest himself to you. But if you really love him, you will keep his commandments. You will keep his commandments. And this is what he said. This is my mission statement. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And if you are his follower, you must take on that mission statement to both seek and to save that which was lost. That's why he came. That's why he went to the cross. He sought us. He went to the cross to die to make provision for everyone to be saved. And if I love him, I want his blood never to be shed in vain. I'll do whatever it takes to make sure the blood of Jesus was not shed in vain. And we carry that light. So we burn for him. Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 5 verse 14, I believe verse 15 and 15 there he says, You are the light of the world. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. If you are a Christian, you can't hide. There is nothing like a closet Christian. You can't hide because God made you a city on a hill. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do men light a lamp and put it under a basket. It's never done. But they put the lamp on a lampstand and it gives light to everyone that's in the house. That's who you are. If you are a child of God, you want to burn. If you are not burning, it's because you don't have any oil. You need to put in the oil so you burn. And so others can see the light and be drawn to you. We reach out to the world to bring people into the kingdom of God. Those who are wise in the kingdom of God will obey the word of God. Now in Proverbs chapter 11 verse 30, He says, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. In other words, the the fruit of righteousness, when you live for God, and you're righteous, the fruit of your righteousness is like the tree that was in the Garden of Eden. That was the tree of life. You remember the Garden of Eden? There was a tree there. There were two types of trees there. The tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. And when you are made righteous 
by God and you are living out your righteousness, the Bible says that the fruit of the righteous is the tree of life. And the one who is wise wins souls. If you are wise, you win souls. Many Christians have not won one single soul to Christ. They are not even trying. Which is a serious matter. They are not even trying. People get excited. They want to win somebody. You can talk to them. If you can't preach to them, invite them to church. Invite them. Come, come be with me. But eventually, as they sit down in church, God will talk to them. God will speak to them. The man may say something that touches their heart, and they say, but you have a part with that. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the firmament. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the firmament. And those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. If you are wise, you will shine. Amen? You will shine if you are wise. We need to bring many to righteousness. And that's why when it is, when it concerns something about reaching our souls, Christians should get excited. Because it's an opportunity for blessing to come into your life. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you. They will be added to you. So you want to do that. Do make room for what God is really all about. That's why we are excited about covered. We want to reach out. We want to bring these people to God. And only those that are wise will understand. When God gives you true wisdom, and you want to make it in life, then you realize, if I get in God's program, He's going to be well with me. If you serve Him, And we talked about service. Serving God is assisting Him to do what He wants to do. Right? When you are a servant, you are helping your master to accomplish the task that he wants accomplished. Right? If he wants to plant in the field, you are helping him to get it done. And the benefit comes because you are a servant. Now, if you are a servant of Jesus Christ, what, what He came to do... He is to seek and to save that which was lost. And we need to get into that program. He loves those that are without. Now in John chapter 4, Jesus said to his disciples, after the woman at the well had left, he spoke to his disciples, he says, Do you not say that there are still four months? Still four months and then comes the harvest. Still four months and then comes the harvest. But then he said, but I say to you, 
I say to you very clearly, lift up your eyes and look at the fields. Not one field. Fields. Lift up your eyes. Many of us have our eyes down. We are not looking at the fields. They are already white for harvest. And those that reap receive wages. Those that reap receive wages. And they gather fruit for eternal life. When you reap souls, God pays you for doing so. He's right here on the earth. Amen. You won't be employed and not be paid, right? You won't agree to work for somebody 40 hours a day. He says, just come and work for me because you, I know you like me. But I'm not going to pay you. You're not going to take that job, will you? The God is a good employer. Can I hear an amen? God is a good employer. He said, you don't understand. Lift up your eyes. Look at the fields. Look at Calvert. Look at Robinson County. Look at the county we're in here, whatever it's called. Harris County. Look at the Irish carry and what God is doing. The fields are white for harvest. And those who reap, I want to be a reaper. Amen. I love a wage coming from God. Don't you? God cannot lie. The Bible says God is not a man that he should lie. Neither is he the son of man that he should repent. If he says, he'll do it. If he has spoken, he will make it good. Now you can find that in Deuteronomy 29 verse 29. That's the God will serve. He won't lie to you. He says if you reap, you'll receive wages. And you gather fruit. To eternal life. So that those, both those who sow and those who reap, they can rejoice together. Sowing will bring joy into your life. Reaping will bring joy into your life. Get involved. Get involved. And begin to reap souls for the kingdom of God. God is calling us today to be involved with winning souls for Christ. Everyone has been called. Your calling is soul winning. Every one of us has been called. Jesus said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. You don't need any ordination from man. You have been called. And you can win souls. You have it in you. Just by sharing. Just by inviting them to church. Souls can be won. And God needs you. There's a story, and this is really a serious story. 
This man told Jesus, he said, I'm going to follow you. But allow me to go home first and bury my father. And then I'll come and follow you. Jesus' reply was, let the dead bury the dead. You come, follow me, preach the gospel. You see, preaching the gospel in the mind of God takes preeminence over everything else. Everything else. And if you are a Christian and don't have a heart for this, you really need to examine yourself. You really need to examine what's really going on. Who is number one in your life? Because if he's number one, like he said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men, this will be important to you. Now, there is nothing that you start in life that's usually exciting. You're going against the grain. Maybe you've never been in this road before. And you're trying to do this, it's really hard. But after a while, he's going to eat you up. This soul winning thing. But you have to start it. God is calling us to share the gospel. Tarry ye in, the, in Jerusalem and you will receive power from on high, he says, and you will be witnesses. First he sent twelve. And then he sent seventy. Now he's sending all believers. It's up to you to obey. But Jesus said, those who don't love me, don't keep my word. They won't do what I tell them to do. Because they don't love me. That's frightening. Because Thomas said, why are you going to manifest yourself to us alone? Manifest yourself to the world. He says, no, no. You don't understand. Those who don't love me, they won't keep my word. Only those who love me. He even went further. He says, when they love me, they keep my word. My father and I will come. We will reveal ourselves. And we will make our dwelling with this person. If you don't know what it is to have the heart of God and to invest in soul winning, you really need to check what's going on in your life. It's not about going to church. It's about service. Service to God. Let my people go that they may serve me. Let my people go, Satan, that they may serve me. And you cannot serve God more. You can do everything you're doing, but if you don't engage in soul winning, check out your service. Because that's why he came. No other reason. No other reason. Shout and scream and receive the Holy Ghost for speaking tongues in church. That's okay. And if you are not involved in this, it's not even in your thinking. Check what's going on. He loves you, but he may not be pleased. Because you're living for yourself. And when you cry, it's always for you. And your family. Your life. It's a selfish time. He died on the cross. Gave himself. I want to be a part of that. It's 
no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. I am crucified with Christ. Paul said, I'll do anything just to win one soul to him. He said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God to salvation for everyone that believes. The power of God is locked in the gospel. And you have it in your mouth. The power of God is inherent in the gospel. When you preach the word and somebody believes the word, this great power is released and somebody gets saved. You hold it to yourself. You become dead sea. Nothing lives there. Amen. This morning, I encourage every one of you, get in the program with Calvert. That may be a start for you. Don't be too busy about your own life and forget about others who are dying and going to hell. God is calling you this morning to surrender and follow him. Peter said, we have given all to follow you. What shall we get? Jesus said, no man who has given house, brother, sister, mother, father, wife, children, land, for my sake and for the gospel's sake. See? Gospel's sake. You gave all for what? Gospel's sake. To reach out to people. Jesus said, you will receive a hundredfold in this time, this present world. And after this, eternal life. The Holy Spirit is speaking to you here this morning. Some of us need to repent and ask God for forgiveness. You have been too busy about your own life. You have forgotten what really touches the Savior the most. When Jesus went, please permit me, when Jesus went into Jerusalem one time, he wept. Now, he didn't cry. He wept bitterly and lamented over Jerusalem because he said, you don't know your time of visitation. You don't understand. If you had understood, I would have done this for you. This thing is serious for me as a pastor. Amen? I want to be defined that way. No other way. I want to be defined and known as a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. And one who loves his way. A Christian. Just a Christian. A follower of Jesus Christ. And if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you know what he was about. Don't tell me you don't. It was about just one thing. Saving souls. 
You're a Christian. And you are about that as well. All other things are more important. Survival. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Let Jesus reveal himself to you. We fast, not because we want to show that we can protest. Uh We fast because we need more of God. Why? To be a burning light to the world. Amen? To be a burning light. Stand up with me this morning. Some of us need to repent. You started off years ago. Jesus said, remember your first love. You did something in the past, but it's no longer there. All you do is tell stories of the past. We need today. We need to give ourselves to the Lord today. Get involved. Get involved in God's program. Don't get involved because of the Ark Fellowship. Don't get involved because of pastor. That's really useless. Get involved with the Savior. Talk to Him. That's what is important. How many want to get involved with Him today? You want to get involved and want to be involved with Him to reach out? They need Him. We have never been in hell. It's not a good place to go. If I can do anything, Paul said, just to get one person more, just one more, just one more, I want to do that. Get involved. I'm easy to to approach. My wife is easy. The pastors here are easy. Come to us. We need to work together. One man cannot do it alone. We are all here together, brothers and sisters. I enjoyed my time with my brothers yesterday as we fellowshiped and talked about what we see God is doing. And my prayer, God, you alone get the glory. But let me be your mule, O God. Ride on me and get this job done. Amen? How many today, with all our eyes closed, you're saying, God, with your help, I want to commit totally to you. For your work, I'm going to be a soul winner. Lord, make me a soul winner. How many? Let me see your hand up today. Thank you so much. God, make me a soul winner. God, make me a soul winner. Show me. Tell me. Let me know when I should speak. And when I should hold my peace. When it concerns the souls of men. Father, we commit ourselves to you today. We ask for your great hand upon our lives. So that we can win souls to Christ. That is important to you. In Jesus name. Amen. We're not closed yet. Um, Yesterday the Lord spoke to me, I believe. And uh, while we were going to Calvert, and please be seated, so you won't be standing too long. The Lord spoke to me while we were going to Calvert to pray for those who have businesses in our church. And um, we were driving, I was driving, uh, and, but I didn't say anything, it was just in my head. 
And then we were coming back. And all of a sudden, Roy turned to me and said, How many business people do we have in our church? And I almost froze. He's never asked anything like that. So it's like, what made you ask a question like that? So I knew this was coming from the Lord. If you have a business or you are involved in a business and the prosperity of that business determines what happens to you, please come up here. We want to pray for you. Yesterday, uh, we were sharing uh, this also. I think, uh, Roy, we had probably, we had fellowship more than I've ever fellowship with Roy. We talked. Uh, but he was asking me about uh, um, businessmen's fellowship. Maybe many of you know about the businessmen's fellowship. And uh, we started talking about that. You heard about that, Pastor? I said, yeah. I used to be a part of that, even though I was in college. But I I was still in business. (laughs) And I went to be with them. And what it was is businessmen gathering together and talking about what God is doing in their lives. And their goal, support the work of God. To support God's work. And they had testimonies. Now, I will say to you, as you, made a, you make a commitment to support God's work, whether it's here at the Ark Fellowship or wherever God directs you to, God will bless you. That was what that ministry was all about. And God took that ministry all over the world because they got it. You are not in business for yourself. Amen? Get the perspective right. You are in business with, for Him. If you have the perspective wrong, you are going to have a lot of frustration. But if you have the uh, perspective right, that you are in business for Him, everything will fall in place. You will know how to handle yourself. And He'll give you wisdom. Amen? So today, Pastor Wendy, will you join me please? I... Uh, I'm going to just anoint you, anoint you with oil because the Lord has already spoken. This is going to be a year of fruitfulness. And I want you to believe with me. That's why I'm telling all our leaders, you get up here, le- declare before God's people, this is the year of fruitfulness in the Ark Fellowship. Lord, you will arise and have mercy on the people of the Ark Fellowship. Because the time to favor her, yes, the set time has come. That's today. We will anoint you with oil. And from this very hour, as the Lord lives, things will begin to happen. If negative things were happening, they will begin to turn around. I speak it in the name of Jesus. And God will begin to show you his favor. Amen. Josh, you want to come here, please?
loves us. Oh, how He loves us. Oh, how He loves us. Oh, how He loves. He loves us. Oh, how He loves us. Oh, how He loves us. Oh, how He loves. what we do, we do by faith. Amen? And I'm expecting a great result. Amen? Would you say an amen? I'm expecting great things to happen. I'm expecting a great reward. Jesus is still on the throne. Thank you, Jesus. Stand up with me as we close. Lift your hands up to the Lord. The Lord is saying, no matter how negative things have been in the past, this is the year of jubilee. This is the year of abundance. This is the year of growth spiritually. The spiritual frustration is living your life today in the name of Jesus. And a new love for God is being born in your heart right now as we speak in the name of Jesus. Father, I bless your people tonight in your glorious name. I speak favor over their lives. And I declare that before the end of this year, we would have seen miracles after miracle taking place in our midst. Healings. Creative miracles in our midst in the name of Jesus. And all for your glory. All for your glory. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. God bless you. We're dismissed.